Metal Cough. Guy Abraman. All right, here we go, everybody. A Tuesday pod coming at you. And this one's a little different. This one's a little different, Metal Cough. NFC West. National Football Conference West. Pre- is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> NFC West pod. Let's do NFC it, West preview. Teams are on the field. Uh, and we made a big thing on Sunday about how the, see, the NFL's here. So let's dive into it like the NFL's here. Let's talk about the NFC West, the best division in football, and uh, what's, what we think it's going to look like this year. Can't wait. Let's do it. Before we do that, a couple things. One, mailbag. Get in it. iTunes. Leave us a review. In that review, leave two things. A question and tell us your favorite bar to hang out at, wherever in the world it might be. Yep, we have a YouTube channel. Go check that out. Hey, we're Middlecoff. We have a Facebook page. Go check that out. We load all the stuff up there. A lot of different platforms, a lot of different content. You can find us everywhere. Search us. We're there always, nonstop. Get on it. Also, we want you to hang out with us on Sunday, August 1st on our live stream because we will be announcing what we think is a big step forward in the Haberman and Middlecoff Global Empire, a uh, new partner sponsor is uh, joining the podcast and we think you're going to love it. We are very fired up about it. I'm having a child. Just kidding. And the child is football season. Yeah, it's here. It's going to be a big year uh, on the pod. And thankfully it has already been a big year, which is part of what led to the momentum of this partnership that we'll be announcing. And it's something that we think aligns um, right up with this, with the show and, and with all of you. So we'll be, uh, We'll be filling in on that new fun coming up on Sunday. Let's do it. Woo! NFC West, John, time to talk about it. NFC West preview. Here we go. Um, I We're going to do this a few different ways. We're going to go through overarching, go through the teams, and then we've got some categories that we're going to rattle through. But I think the first thing, and when we go through the teams, we can talk about their schedules. I think there are some really difficult schedules in the NFC West. I, you could argue every NFL schedule is difficult. But I do think this is going to be a long, long 17-week, 18-week, I guess, 17-game race for this division. I don't think we're going to look up eight weeks in and it's going to be somebody's running away with it. It tends not to happen in the NFC West. And I, I think it's going to be a lot of the same this year. Well, when in the theme that has been going all offseason, and even last year, was it's the best, deepest division in football, three of their four teams should have been in the playoffs. And we'll dive into the Cardinals here a little later, but they had a devastating finish to miss the playoffs. Yeah. And they went 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, they they, sh- they probably should have got to 10 wins. You know, the way football reference does it, they have, if you just type in 2020, they have what you should have been. And, like, Seattle went 12-4, and four, and it's like, you know, they were like 10.2 and 6.4. And honestly, that's right. Like, they didn't feel like a 12-win team. The Cardinals were an 8-8 eight and eight team that should have won 10 games. And they were, talent-wise, with how they started – with the teams they had to beat at the end who were in shambles, right? Losing to the Giants, losing to the 49ers at home slash on the road for the Niners was hard to distinguish. But, like, we know the Rams in Seattle, I think, are just viewed as playoff teams because they're basically always in the playoffs. The Niners, despite only have the one season, I think are universally viewed as a really good team. I saw some quotes from Trent Williams. Uh... I, someone interviewed him. I, they haven't reported yet, but like talking about Fred Warner and how awesome he is. And he's like, I listen, I, I, I've been in the league a long time. Like our roster on paper, like we're good. Right. Like it, it's not, it doesn't feel fake. Right. They, they're good. Now part of for the Niners is do 17 starters disappear, you know, in a month. Right. It's just can't, can the guy stay on the field? Well, I, because that's a, been a problem. 
I do think by that, like to your point, could I think you can look at each team in the division right now and say, here's a reason why, here's a few reasons why they could be better this year than they were last year. Now, you know, there are some questions about it, can the Rams defense continue? Um, Seattle offensively was historic for half the year, and then it got to a point where by the offseason, apparently, Russell had a list of teams he'd get traded to. He was unhappy. But I do think for each of the fan bases, certainly for Arizona, you can see how you could be better this year. It's easy for the Niners in the same boat to be, we can be better this year if you're a Niner fan. And I think if you're a Rams fan, you got Stafford. So you think you could be better this year. And if you're a Seahawks fan, you go, yeah, we were historic, but then we were not good and we still ended up at 12 and we got 17 games and we always find a way. Like, I just think if you're a fan of any one of these teams, or even if you're not, you're just looking at it from the outside. Um, you could expect each of them to be better or to win more games in 2021 than in 2020. I think since you and me have been doing this over this decade long stretch, it's the best the division ever has been going into the season. If you remember when Harbaugh and Seattle were rolling and they hired Bruce Arians for the Cardinals and immediately he went 10 and 6. Now they missed the playoffs that year, but like the Niners and Cardinals were playoff teams, or excuse me, the Niners and Seattle were playoff teams and two of the powerhouse teams in the league. He went 10 and 6 and it was clear like this BA guy like they're going to be a factor. And then they started going to the playoffs for several years after, but the Rams were a joke at the time. And I don't think they've ever they've been They've had Seattle, the Niners, then the Rams and Seattle have been, you know, that one year with the Niners. I don't feel they've ever been as deep, just top to bottom, where you could honestly, like you said, convince me, all four teams could theoretically, it's harder to envision Cliff doing it, mainly because he's never really had a lot of success as a head coach, but on paper... They are a pretty good team on paper, guy. Yep. <laughs> like they, they got some talent. And like you said, so, that was with missed opportunities. They were eight and eight. It, if I told you that the Arizona Cardinals won the division, it's not there are way crazier things that could happen in the NFL this season than that, right? There are way crazier teams that I could list out all over the all over the the league to win the division. You'd be like, ah, it's not possible. The yeah, Lions, I mean, all these NFC East teams. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you took like all the third place teams from last year. The Patriots, the Browns, the the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Cardinals. Like they would, you know, they're a longer shot than some of those other teams, you would think. That's a pretty good list. It is. I mean, it's a pretty good third place list. <laughs> I mean, the Niners, look, the division, the Niners were the only team that allowed more points than they scored last year in the in the NFC West. And the NFC West was the only division in football that had only one team in the red. That, you know, on, the, the division had only one team that allowed more points than it scored. And even then, the Niners were only minus 14. So, And I bet if we did like a deep, deep PFF-type breakdown, I mean, how many fucking pick sixes and picks were their quarterbacks throwing for a stretch? Didn't it feel like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to like act like the Niners were the 85 Bears, but their defense was good. The quarterback play in several games was an, uh, an abomination. I mean, it was an embarrassment, right? Yep. So that's... It was last place quarterback play. It was some of the worst in the league. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Okay, yeah, so Car- Carson Wentz beat him. Head let's, to head. Uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, and he was terrible. Carson Wentz's Eagles beat him, not Carson Wentz's Colts. Yeah. That could mean something different this year. All right, before we dive into the teams, John, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you by our friends at sleepnumber.com slash ham. You want to live a good, healthy life? Yes. Guy and I can attest to this. You get a sleep number bed, sleepnumber.com slash ham. We both have one. Then what you do? 
is you get a good night's sleep. You get eight hours, and the better you sleep, it's been proven. Sleep Number has done studies. You don't. You just need some common sense to know the better night's sleep you get, the more productive you are in life. The more your cognitive abilities open up, the more energy you have. The more success in any walk of life, if it's dealing with your children, you'll have more patience. If it's dealing with people in your in your workplace, you'll just feel better. If it anything, you want to go for a run, better night's sleep, you got more energy. It's pretty basic. It's not that complicated. Sleepnumber.com, get a bed slash ham, get a good night's sleep, and you'll dominate life. It's John, it's we're talking about a hundred night trial. We're talking about a 15-year limited warranty. We're talking about home and delivery setup. We're talking about the Sleep IQ technology, which is built into the bed, okay? which measures biometrics like your average heart rate and breathing. Every morning, you get personalized insights for your best sleep. It senses your movements, automatically responds to help keep you and maybe your partner asleep. You can adjust the firmness on the sides of the bed. It's all right there for you. Get hydrated. Get off your phone at 10 p.m. Stop drinking caffeine in the afternoon. Get to bed at a reasonable time. Get your Sleep IQ insights, and let's roll, baby. Sleep IQ, Sleep Number. Discover proven quality sleep at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go get yourself a deal right now. Okay, now let's rattle through on, uh, let's go team by team. Before We're going to give out some things like biggest changes, biggest wild cards in the division, not wild card teams, but like wild card things that happen that could swing one way or the other, biggest question marks, and who we think should win the division. But let's go through these teams and let's start in order of finish last year with the Seattle Seahawks. And I have to say something about the Seahawks. I hadn't thought about them this way until you and I decided to do this this exercise. And it occurred to me, John, that I think the Seahawks had one of the more underrated, painful off-seasons, given how their season ended. They had the league by the balls, it seemed like, early on. They were on pace. It was DK and Lockett and Russ, and nobody was stopping him. Well, he was going to win the MVP, right? For the first time, finally, he was going to break through. Never got got a vote (laughs) first place. He was going to win it. And not only did they lose at home, but they lost to Wolford and Goff. Wolford started. That's the state of the Rams. And then Goff came in and was, I think, 9 of 19 or something like that. Yeah, It was not pretty. And then Russ had to sit there with his sunglasses on in the box and watch Brady win the Super Bowl, and they had to go through the whole thing. But I think it's underrated how painful it had to be for the Seahawks, given how high they were riding at one point in the year and how and how it ended for them. The one thing I will say, though, moving forward, is they have premium players in the prime of their career. Uh, while he still has never got a first-place vote because you only get a first-place vote, he's never got a vote for MVP – He's in the peak of his powers. He had the best season of his career, Russell Wilson. And they fired Brian Schottenheimer. And they added, you know, uh, you know, a Shanny McVay uh, disciple. Like, he's going to run that offense now, which, I mean, I would say, now they've already, they've always kind of zone running scheme. Like, that's just part of the deal. Now, Russ has always pushed back. He wants to cook. He threw 40 touchdowns last year. So they have him, Jamal Adams, who they traded for, star, he's got to stay on the field, and DK Metcalf. Like that's if that's like your core three and Bobby Wagner, who's probably like a borderline Hall of Famer, like they got a pretty good group of players. They re-signed Chris Carson. They have a coach. I Googled them. Pete Carroll, this football season, is gonna be 70 years old. Oh. 70. And like you said, 
they won the division and hosted a playoff game last year. Now they lost it, but like that's they hosted a playoff game. And at one point in time, it looked like God, they could be the number one seed. Like you said, they kind of just didn't play well down the stretch of the field, but they re-signed Chris Carson, the Kerry Hyder, who we kept making fun of last year for the Niners. Like not making you know, fun no one knows of, this guy's just, yeah. Just like, it was kind of like, how is this guy this good? They added him. And Akella Weatherspoon, if you tell me Akella Weatherspoon has the best year of his career for Pete, like I would believe you. I don't think he's going to be some shutdown corner, but like that's Akello and Kerry Hyder, they do fit what Seattle does. And added Gabe Jackson. And we've been talking about the offensive line for the Seahawks forever. I mean, Russ got sacked 48 times last year. Now there's always this debate like, well, is it on Russ? Some of it's on Russ. They still added Gabe Jackson, right guard. So I have I have no question marks whenever it comes to their offense. Like they're just gonna be explosive, even whether the offensive coordinator, whether there's a learning curve. To me, it's just their defense. When you think Seattle Pete in their prime, they had one of the hardest hitting defense in the history of the league. As in a time when the league was like trending to be the opposite of what they were. And they were any I would imagine you could find in, in sports sometimes, you know, older people always push back, like in my day. They had to have the respect. Like, if you just ran into Mean Joe Green in 2014, I bet he'd be like, I like what Pete's mean doing. Mean Joe, you why know? you look so mean? Why are <laughs> you, you know, so or, mad? Or the Ryan brothers, you know, Buddy Ryan, RIP. But, like, they, the respect that those type old school people had for their defense, mm-hmm. they've become the – like, their defense kind of sucks. I mean, I think their best pass rusher last year, statistically, like, by PF, was their safety, Jamal Adams. No, he's a great pass rusher. Like, he is really good. Got to keep him healthy for 17 games and him – Bursting into the backfield all the time probably is not the best way to do that. But do you agree if their defense can just be solid, like Seattle could be a major factor? Absolutely. And we'll say who we think is going to win at the end. Um, you know, I think one of the common themes we'll get through this, this, this show is everybody's defense is going to get tested in this division. So, you know, they add Dwayne es- Eskridge, one of the three like sub 4-4 receivers that got drafted into the division in the first couple of rounds this year, right? It's it's Lockett, I think it's underrated. I as someone who had I stacked Russ, DK, and Tyler Lockett in DraftKings, like, I don't know, for the first six weeks of the season. Absolute game wreckers. So I you know, I think the thing that'll be and this will as we go through, I looked at the early parts of everybody's schedule for this exercise, John. They go to Indy, they got Tennessee, they go to Minnesota. At San Francisco, the Rams at Pittsburgh, New Orleans. They are not starting five and zero again this year. Jesus, that's a tough opener. That's a tough opening game with the Colts at Indy. I, as right? as we go through this, you're going to see the Niners starting at Detroit and at Philly are at an advantage. They have to take advantage of it because the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals all have really tough starts to the year. So, what's Seattle going to be? Are they going to? To me, like you lose to Indy, beat Tennessee, beat Minnesota, two and one coming into the Niners game. Niners, yeah, Rams, feel, Steelers. Feels about right. Niners, Rams, Steelers. After that, so you, but you. I mean, if you're two and one, okay. But now you're at risk of being under five hundred six weeks in. I think they'll be all right. I, I think they will too. But I, uh, to me, this they they, they, pl- they play up to opponents and they play down to opponents. Ab- they absolutely do. When I say it's going to be a seventeen week long, like it's going to take all year. I also think there's just going to be. It's going to be an awesome division because these schedules are really tough. My, my final take on these guys, and I'm just contradicting and playing devil's advocate to what I said about their defense, they lost in that playoff game not because of their defense, because their offense sucked. And their offense hit the skids down the home stretch. And I watched some of Nick Saban's 
press conference at the SEC Media Days, and he's been saying this now for a couple years. He said the sport changed, and he's a defensive guy. And and he, he likens it back to when they hired Lane, and he said, Lane, we need to open up the offense. And he said this at SEC Media mm. Days. He said, Lane had not been a spread offense coordinator, but I told him, our offense needs to change. And your offense coordinator, you figure it out. <laughs> and the sport has changed. Like, you're no longer – do you think we'll ever see a Seattle – 2013 defense again, right? Or the Rams last year had the number one scoring defense in the league. They it was almost 19 points. Right. Like I, if if memory serves me correct, Seattle had a year where I think it was like 12, 12 five. Like it because it's just you could kill people, <laughs> literally. Well, the Saban, some of those SEC defenses were giving up like eight points a game, right? Well, but no, no longer, right? They yeah. won the national championship. You and I put money on them, and Ole Miss scored and it felt like 60 points, and they still won the game. So if you could just argue, if Seattle can just get, last year I think they were like eighth in offensive points, if they could be a top two or three offense, which I think is his goal, right? Get Shane Waldron, Russell in the peak with these guys, they they could win a Super Bowl if you have the best offense. That just might be the sport kind of now. You still, you you cannot have a Raiders defense, but if you're just middle of the pack, it's okay if your offense is elite. If your offense is like really elite, yeah, we saw the Niners. I'm talking elite. The Niners it's got to be better than it was. Elite defense, you know, they're exceptional running offense, but yeah, okay passing offense. If yeah, Russell Wilson's about the your number, quarterback, what the numbers told you, you just watched it down the stretch and saw. If Russell Wilson's your quarterback, you have a legitimate shot. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Rams. I'll, I'll, let me give you the Rams schedule since I went there with the Seahawks. I think the same deal. Chicago at Indy. Tampa, Arizona at Seattle. Not unman. None of these are unmanageable. Chicago, you got to feel like you got to get that one right away because then you go to Indy, play Tampa, play Arizona, play at Seattle. I, I think it's just pretty simple. They went ten and six. They had the defensive player of the year, which I think non-quarterback was viewed at by a mile the best player in the sport in Aaron Donald. He's won three of these now, and JJ Watt got to this point. Von Miller is he just going to play it? He's thirty years old. Right, he hasn't. He's not a third-year player now. Like he's been in the league since fourteen. Is he just going to sustain this for another two or three years, or is like, is it just gonna? Does he get? He, remember at the end of the season last year, he was nicked up in that Packer game. He's coming in and out of the game. If he can be a defensive player of the year, their defense is going to be really good, even though they lost their defensive coordinator. But their offense is going to be better. Like they had a dramatic upgrade at quarterback. It's just, it's just plain and simple. Like their quarterback was not good in many games last year. You know, and Matt Stafford is a flawed player, right? Or I guess we're going to really find out and we'll probably talk about Stafford a little bit later, but every team in the league, every fucking team, including the Lions, if you gave them a choice, would you rather have Matt Stafford or Jared Goff? It would be 32 to nothing, right? I'm glad you were at the El Dorado that night, Kyle. (laughs) You're right. He is a flawed player, but I still, you know, there's always this, this constant debate with Stafford, like, is he Matt Stafford, the uh, underutilized should-be superstar, or is he Pat Stafford, the guy who is on a bad team, so he pads his stats? But, you know, there's a reason the Lions didn't win and he was part of it. There's also this other thing, which is he was underutilized, period. And whether or not he's truly a guy that can win in the playoffs, we'll see. But here's what I know. He's throwing 30 touchdowns this year. Like, that's happening. Now, you could say, well, there's an extra game. He's thrown 30 touchdowns twice in his whole career. 
He hasn't done it in five. He hasn't the last five seasons. He hasn't thrown 30 touchdowns, which blows my mind when I looked it up in an offensive league where everyone's throwing like, touchdowns. How is that possible? John? I don't care if you're a good team, a bad team. Matt Stafford hasn't thrown 30 touchdowns in the last five seasons. Not once. No, he's hurt and this and that and the other that's happening this year. So like, Regardless of whether or not he wins the playoffs, regardless of whether or not maybe we are still having the debate about whether Matt Stafford is really an elite quarterback and can you know, give you a shot to win a Super Bowl at the end, but he's going to be a better player this year than he has been for the Lions in the last several. That's happening. Well, I, think, I think a lot of elements in life, when time passes, we look back, whether it be someone's job, whether it be someone's upbringing, stuff that's truly out of your control. You go, what could have been? This guy had so much potential, right? And it happens in a lot of walks of life. It happens to a lot of children that are born into tough situations like that they have no control over. Sports, for the most part, you have no control where you're drafted in all three sports. But eventually, in the history of our lives, most times a guy gets another opportunity, Right? And a true opportunity to kind of prove his worth. And Stafford, for 11 years, was with... He's getting an opportunity now. Like, to me, the best part about... I just think sports in general. Like, we got to see Kevin Garnett leave Minnesota. And you know what it turns out? He was a bad motherfucker champion. I don't know what it's going to turn out to be. But we're going to get several years to find out. And no one's going to be like, you went to a great team who had been consistently going to the playoffs with a coach that basically 90% of the league would take, like with offensive weapons, with an offensive scheme that works. Like, there are... Here's what I know for the Matt Stafford defenders. You can back that, and I agree, but it's it's you're going to be judged wins and losses and plays. And guess what? Unlike the Lions, which beside on Thanksgiving morning, because they always play the morning game for us on the West Coast, how many of these primetime games are we going to see them? I'm just looking at the schedule... Opening weekend, he's on, I don't know, the biggest television Monday show in sports. Is that Monday night or Monday Sunday or night? night I guess the Bears. They're on Sunday night because the Raiders are on Monday night. Oh, yes. And then three weeks later, four weeks later, they're playing uh, five tw- Thursday night football, Seattle. So within f- the first five weeks, multiple primetime games. And my guess, 926, Tampa Bay, 125. Who do you think's calling that game? Joe Buck, Troy Aikman? That would be my guess. Yeah, the Fox three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, and I would say the Sunday first three weeks. And two Monday night games. So awesome. you're getting a lot of Matt Stafford where, again, the best part about sports is like we get definitive, hard. There's going to be some eye test, but we know, I, know, I know he can make a 70-yard throw across his body. Like, we, we get that. But, like, tie game against the Buccaneers. Me and you are on our couch, 345, and he gets the ball back. Like, and fucking Todd Bowles is bringing the heat. Does he get it done? I do, I do think he's going to get judged at a level in which he's never been judged. We, he has unlimited money. He has, you know, he has, I guess stats actually aren't as great as you think, which is kind of crazy, but he has respect of like the league. You know, he's tough, but like, is he Rodgers? Is he Russell? Like, can he fucking win games, guy? Right. When they, when they matter. Like the Lions have made the playoffs a couple times. But let's face it, they, they never matter. No one like, ever just, expects them to do anything either, right? Now, that's different. This is expectations. That He's never had expectations. And here's the other thing. He's playing for a coach. We saw what his coach did last year with Jared Goff. Like, it's not good enough. I got to do something else, right? He's not, he's not playing for some like, all right, Matt, whatever you want to do today, it's cool with me. Like, it's a very intense... What was the thing? Um, he was traded I for two I ones, too. That's also part of this, He gave up a right? lot for him. I think Sh- I heard Schrager say that 
Um, is it Austin Wentworth made the thing about how he doesn't even talk to Sean Monday through Thursday because he just knows, leave him alone. Like, I'll talk to him when he tells me about the game plan on Friday. So he's not playing. Like, he's playing for Fresno State for, uh, dog. No, not Austin, Austin Wentworth. I always say Austin Wentworth. Who am I? I th- actually Whitworth. think he was. Wentworth did play for the Rams, though. That guy made the NFL. I meant Wentworth. <laughs> is it Austin? Austin Wentworth. Andrew did, Whitworth. Uh, did, I always say that. Yeah. 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 Bulldog in the house. Austin Wentworth. Sorry. Who did make the NFL? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he's not playing for some guy who's not going to like Sean McVay puts pressure on his players and especially on his quarterback. So, and the other thing is again, much like Seattle, Dwayne Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, Cooper cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson. Do with that what you will, but he's on the Rams, John eight games, in the last two years, he's on the Rams, Cam Akers, torn Achilles. So they got some stuff to work through. They got some. Uh, the receiver camp should be competitive. Yeah. But there's a lot to like. And I and I think you and I have been really impressed with McVeigh in that their down years, you know, or their down year is pretty good. Like they're we not a Super Bowl contender, still pretty damn good. Raheem Morris, you know, they lose Staley. I don't they're they're not replacing him with them with some unknown. So. John Johnson, one big loss for them, who was a really good safety, signed a big deal with the Browns. Like, so they, I mean, he was a key piece to their defense. Like, obviously, Donald and Jalen, two best right. players, two highly paid players. But this guy was legit. Like, he he started, like, he got a big contract for a reason. Like, he's good. But, I mean, that's part of the deal, right? You just, you're only going to keep on high-end teams, your core four or five guys, and everyone, even good players get recycled. Especially recycled draft works. Uh, yeah, they they would have liked to keep, and they just don't have the money. Balancing your books. All right, year three for Arizona, the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury's third year, from five and ten to eight and eight. I'll tell you their schedule to start at Tennessee, Minnesota, at Jacksonville, at the Rams, the Niners, and at the Browns. So, so pretty easy to start fast. No, not going to be easy to start fast. You don't think so? At Tennessee, uh, I guess Minnesota, at Jacksonville, yeah, should be better. At the Rams, Niners, sucks. at the Browns. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just some of those names I I, I have like associated in my head with like 2017. I got to move to the time. Are, Titans are good. Are the Cardinals kind of uh, Seattle light where they play up and play down to their opponents? Um, no, because I, I think when we say that, we say that about good teams. Like they get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like you're just pl- you're just playing. You're just you. I mean, guy. Last year they started six and three. They were at six and three. If I told you that eight and eight's making the playoffs. If I would have told you that, like after week nine or week ten, depending on I don't know how their bye week played out, you would have been like the cards are a lock if eight and eight gets you in in the NFC, especially with seven teams. They missed the playoffs because they went two and five down the stretch, two and five like that. They were to me the biggest disaster last year down the stretch. Like I know the Raiders fell apart, but it turns out they didn't even get close. The Cardinals went eight and eight. The Bears got in at eight and eight. It's one thing if you miss because you miss it by a game. They had the same record. The Niners kicked their ass with C.J. Beathard. They lost, I think, to the Giants late in the season. The eye test was, I just vividly remember watching them being like, this team doesn't even look like the team that we saw early in the season that had that epic game with Seattle. Remember on that Sunday night when D.K. ran the guy down? They were just, there was a period in time when they were 6-3 and three when it felt like they were a young kind of powerhouse unknown. Like this team could right. make some noise, right? Kyler, you know... I, I don't know if I think he, we just is this guy an MVP candidate like through probably week seven eight that type range like he was good 
I think that's part of the question with them on the carryover is did what we see at the end of the year was that somewhat was that a result of the physicality of a season wearing on Kyler Murray and uh, whether it was or not is that going to be part of just his story right I think that's part of why maybe there's a little bit of carryover to their year last year and you know then they had J.J. Watt they had A.J. Green they got a situation going on right now with Chandler Jones they got DeAndre Hopkins Freedom! I, I, yeah, there's just a lot going on for them, right? A lot for Cliff in his third year. Okay, you got some momentum. If I just said on paper, there's a first-year coach, he goes 5-10, and ten, then he goes 8-8, eight and eight, you go, that guy's probably on, like, really solid ground. And it's hard to know. Like, I don't have a great sense for whether he is on really solid ground internally. But it does feel like, you know, they've, they've got to prove something here. That, that doesn't necessarily mean win 12 games, but they can't end up back at you know, seven and 10 or eight and nine this year. Listen, it's, it's part of the NFL that huge name players move on. They are losing Larry Fitzgerald, who is, I think just, I don't know if he's officially retired, unemployed. I don't think he is. Patrick Peterson is now on the Vikings. Like when I think their run of Bruce Arians, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson and Carson Palmer, obviously Carson's been gone for a while now, but I mean, those guys were kind of the core group. Larry was even a little older then, but that's you're you're basically hoping like JJ can fill into that role like Deion that ain't DeAndre Hopkins deal at all right uh, Chandler Jones is pissed off he's not making any money Kyler like the knock on him is he's not Mister Ra Ra leader guy right I mean he ain't fucking Tom Brady right or that's just not his whole deal and then it goes okay was well, it the coach's deal and it's like well not you know kind of I mean people like him but he's not. I don't know. I, I just think they have talent because at, the great part about the NFL is sometimes when a guy like Patrick Peterson, J.J. Watt, some of these names, one of these guys this year is going to have a throwback season. Not like resurrect their career and have like four straight years, but just one season. Like, remember that year J.J. Watt had on the Cardinals? And I was thinking like, get him next to Chandler Jones, those two guys. Like, couldn't they cause some havoc? They've drafted... First-round linebacker that I saw TMZ said when he got pulled over for speeding, beg the cops to, like, give him a warning because I think he knew, like, I, I'm going to be in trouble. Isaiah Simmons, two years ago, right. they drafted the t- like that's They have a lot of firepower in name on that side Zavin of the ball. Zayvon Collins, you're talking about, plus Buda Baker, who we think is a really He's good a player, stud. plus Byron Murphy, right? They've He's drafted a, a lot on defense. So, and we know offensively they have talent. And really, like, they're off their head coach. You do feel good that they can score points if Kyler's healthy. I mean, he yeah. is a, his talent works in the NFL. Yeah. Like you said, it's can he sustain it an extra game, slammed to the ground by a couple guys? What if Bosa, what if, you know, Jamal Adams, if they get him, like, he's 5'9". Like, he's, and he's not, like, we, you and I have stood by Russell Wilson. Russell's built like a little car, thick. like a little truck. Yeah. Like, he's thick. Like, Kyler's just small. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would eight and eight. It just kind of feels who they, you know, seven to nine wins is just kind of their range. Like they're definitely not going to suck, but I just have a hard time seeing them being like a, you know, where they haven't been. Like and, and and Rodney Hudson, by the way, and they also have Rondale Moore. They drafted to go with you know Atwell and Eskridge as these young guys in the division. But do they have the fourth best coach in the division? <laughs> the NFC West got the Raiders two best offensive linemen. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, okay, here's your three. Your three, if you're ready to take another step, you can take. But is, is does Cliff have another level in him? Right? Is when he he's the going third best against, coach or fourth best coach in the division? I don't think is it close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's not much of a debate. Yeah. No. There so, is no debate. what's the next level for him? 
Yeah, I, but this gets back to like when you lose the Petersons, the Fitzgeralds, and all of these young coaches kind of do it, right? Kyle did it with Navarro Bowman. A lot of pressure then goes on you, right? Like, it, okay, you are kind, you have to fill that void till you develop your own guys that you're gonna have to draft or handpick because it it's it's unfair to ask like JJ Watt to just show up and be like the team leader for everyone. Like he's gonna mentor and help young guys out, but it's like he's not a cardinal. Like he just showed up. So it's like his role, you got to feel it out a little bit. But like who else, Hopkins is worried about getting the fucking shot, which like it, it, there's just a lot going on right now for him. They're a little bit like, who did you, uh, you said they were the the version, the light version of Seattle. You think they're the Packers they, light? Well, they have a little bit, just some drama that you would not want out of, I mean, Chandler Jones and Hopkins are their best two players. Like it's not even debatable. Best two players. I mean, they're arguably two of like top 15 players in the league, right? One is already mad and claims he will not get it, which the vaccine thing for guys, this is a competitive disadvantage for these teams of their guys, especially star players. You get tested every day. You eat separately. You got to do things that are uncomfortable when everyone else is not wearing a mask. Like, you can get weird fast. And Chandler, like, is Chandler Jones going to show up this week? Mm-mm. So that's that'll be one. I mean, if I Chandler so. Jones is holding, by the time we're talking, but do you agree if he holds out, like leading into train, like for the first couple, that's one of the bigger stories in the NFL. Yeah, if he's demanding a trade, yep, absolutely. So yeah, six and ten, one and do seven. You, really, do you want to tell the people about Gabby before we tell we people can about do that now? Yeah, <laughs> Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com slash ham, John. It means it stands for. Get a better insurance. G-A-B-I dot com slash ham. Do what we did. Check it out. It's easy, guy. You and I found out very quickly that we had the best rates. That's where Gabby comes in, though. Your insurance rates, your car insurance, your health insurance. We insure everything now. You have to. Smart. Insurance matters for everything. But you want to pay the least amount possible and get the best coverage. Well, that's what Gabby did. You and I checked. We had the best rate. But on average, the Gabby customers saved $961 per year. $961. And listen, we all get them nonstop. Whenever you sign up for something new, they you know sell your information. Gabby, they will never sell your information. You and I filled this out probably like five months ago. Never got a call. Not one. No issues from them. Nope. They, they stand by their word. They're telling the truth. Uh, Gabby.com slash ham. Insurance is crazy, right? Because you just kind of, you have it, you ignore it. Auto pays every six months. It's out of sight, out of mind. Renter's insurance or home insurance. Umbrella insurance also. Landlord insurance, like I said, renter's insurance. And as John said, the car insurance. And uh, it's very simple. Apples to apples. 40 of the top insurance providers, including Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, all in one place. And they're giving you a quote for the same exact coverage you have. So there's not you're not doing like spreadsheets like, okay, if I... Add a little more here and take a little more here. Wait, is that the same? Which one's a better deal? It's just like, here's what you got. Could it be cheaper somewhere else? That's it. Put your policy to the test like we did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. Totally free to check. No obligation. G-A-B-I.com slash ham. That's G-A-B-I.com slash ham. That's G-A-B-I.com slash ham. G-A-B-I.com slash ham. Gabby.com slash ham. Does Gabby need some help writing a song? Yeah, that's what I actually get. We could we could make them a commercial. It's like we get fabulous to do it. F A B O. All right, yes. John. Let's also tell the people about upstart.com slash ham. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly credit card payments when you go to upstart.com slash ham. 
listen, we've all been there. We've all had times when you look at your credit card bills and you go, I feel overwhelmed. The money that I owe is not the same as the money that's coming in. I feel like this is going to be a long road. I don't even know what to do. Well, that's where our friends at upstart.com, they're here to help because they help you consolidate credit card debt. But they also, if you need a personal loan for whatever, that's where they come in. And you fill out a quick five-minute questionnaire. You give them your information, and they just give you your information. It's completely free. And they tell you how much you can get up to. Upstart loans up to $50,000. And when you fill it out based on employment, based on your income, based on different things that you fill out in the questionnaire, they will tell you what your rate will be and how much money you will be able to, you know, have loaned to you, and then you can go from there to choose. So you, it's all free until you want to decide to uh, to get some cash to uh, help your life. That's right. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash ham. That's upstart.com slash ham. Don't forget to use that slash ham, that URL, to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided on the loan application. Just go to upstart.com. Slash ham. Did you have your credit uh, checked relatively recently? I have. What was your number? Uh, I don't remember. They gave I, me a few different numbers. It wasn't an issue, so I didn't really yeah. pay attention. But uh, lower than my, I guess it's hard to get your, your credit score and your SAT. Just hopefully your SAT score is higher than your credit score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually. It only goes my, up my, to like 750, I think, right? Or 780 or well, 800. Well, I think, I think credit card goes, or I mean, the the uh, credit score goes like maybe 810. My, but they changed like the SATs this. too. It's weird now, I think, right? Yeah. It's mine was like 770 or whatever. But it, it, a credit score actually, you don't really, like what does it actually mean? Because there's a huge variance to just be solid. I think it's like high sixes to like mid sevens, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. My first time I ever took the SATs, Honestly, I think it was like a ten. I mean, it was it was the worst score ever. I thought I, I almost. I remember thinking like, I tell my mom I'm never going to go to college. <laughs> Maybe it was eight fifty. It was really low. You get this one Pauly, was though. Well, I retook it and got like eleven yeah, fifty. But it was. Yeah, I wouldn't get in now. All right, John. Let's talk about the 49ers as we go through this division. We still got some uh, other categories to get to, but this was the last place team, so we're talking about them last. Uh, they're scheduled to start. Some of you may know this one like the back of your hand, and this is why I say it's important for them because we went through the everybody else's. At Detroit, at Philly. Yes, those are road games, but those are teams you should beat. Green Bay, who the hell knows at this point. Then Seattle week four, then at Arizona. We didn't get to anybody else's bye week, but the Niners' bye week is week six, and then they play Indy, so I included it here. So uh, just based on that, they got a lot to atone for last year. But um, even though you don't love two road games to start the year, it it could be harder. It could be harder. Well, if you were going to pick teams, you would for sure Lions would be in the mix of a team anyone would want to open their schedule against. And maybe like the Texans or something. The Eagles might be up there as well. New coach, quarterback. While he is athletic, uh, I, I think it's anything less than a 2-0 and start is pretty devastating. And what's weird is like I, I do think we can take a lot from Seattle, the Rams, and Arizona seasons last year, especially Seattle and the Rams have just kind of been on par with what they've done, give or take a game, right? Uh, Cardinals, you know, kind of on the come, but still we question. In a weird way, do you have to throw out a little bit of the Niners season? I mean, for the last month of the year, they were kicked out of the county. They spent time in Arizona. Their quarterback play was a complete fucking joke. They were playing with a third-string quarterback, 
in several games last year. And let's face it, Nick Mullins ultimately really is a third-string quarterback, we learned. And he was a starter for many games. Like, that's just not... They, they added the third pick of the draft who's a quarterback to go with Jimmy. So, like, they kind of... It's just so much different now. Yes, but the injuries... Nick Bosa's been hurt. The injuries... Yeah. George Kittle hurt multiple times last year. The injuries, Debo Samuel has not been the most available receiver that they've had. Most Mozart gets hurt. The backup quarterback situation, well, I mean, right now they got Jimmy, who was the starter last year, and a rookie. So who's to say they're not back in that spot? So, yeah, you do have to throw some of it out. But, I mean, part of it is like just some of the risk of their roster, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they – when I was looking, like I wrote down, like a lot of teams added people, right? Like – you know, Seattle add Gabe Jackson. The Cardinals add J.J. Watt. The the Rams add Matt Stafford to Sean Jackson. The Niners, beside Trey Lance, like, they basically just rolled the ball back. Right? They weren't out. Uh, they didn't Abacan. have any money. <laughs> In terms of non-rookies, that's really the, right? Yeah, th- but, they, like, their core guys, like Jimmy Ward, Trent Ward, like, they're just rolling back what they had, which, because they think two years ago what we had is really good. So, Trey Lance, they're really their enormous addition is definitely probably not starting definitely early on. We'll see how shit plays out. We'll know probably more in training camp how Jimmy looks. Really, their crazy shit that happened this offseason. They lost their defensive coordinator who'd been there four years, and Kyle's like right-hand minion in LaFleur's brother, Mike. So McDaniels, who's also was like, we viewed Kyle's minions like just two core guys, McDaniels and LaFleur. Well, he lost one of them. McDaniel. Yeah. We we lost, you know, he lost LaFleur who is just really important, right? Of course he is. He's been with Kyle forever. So now McDaniel has to do a lot more. And Kyle talked about with Sean McVay, like the guys under me are, I depend on these guys a lot. And you would say about LaFleur and Sala. Now Sala had only been his coordinator, unlike LaFleur who'd come with him from other places. By the time, like the Super Bowl year, Sala had spent two years every day with Kyle. Like, they were on the same page these last two years. And really, Sala, wouldn't you say, helped Kyle from being 4-12 and 12 last year? <laughs> I mean, they were their defense came through, like, especially at the end of the season when they beat Arizona. Like, that's, that's a, like, they had a big coaching turnover for the first time in Kyle Shanahan's career. Yeah, yeah. with now they believe in D'Amico, but you're right, it's very much unknown. I think the Niners, more than any other team in the NFC West, are reliant on players they have being better. They're reliant on, or more available, right? They're reliant on Ayuk and Debo Samuel being more available. They're reliant on Javon Kinlaw being better this year, taking another step. I think that's probably the biggest one that you would say. They rely, well, McGlinchey's the other one. They're relying on him being better than he was last year. Like, they're, re- they're relying more than the other three teams, I think, on key players taking a step. Well, Schefter, whoever broke the Fred Warner news, tweeted it out on Friday, right? The news breaks. Our buddy Biederman quotes the tweet and says, this is what they should have done with DeForest Buckner, in my opinion. And I think saying that based on last year, no one's going to argue with you, right? You'd rather have DeForest Buckner than what you had. The move they ultimately made, though, to keep some of those other, the Jimmy Wards, I think it gave them some more wiggle room to sign other players and added two players, Kinlaw and Ayuk, is something that really is going to have to come to fruition over a couple-year span. So, like, I think they really, like, as a rookie, Corona, we feel good about Ayuk, but Kinlaw, like, he's way cheap. They're going to need him to be like, okay, they got something here, right? 
they re-signed Armstead with that cash. Like, yeah, he's got a. We we know with Eric, he is just better when other guys are better around him, and he can be an unreal role player. But like, if Bosa is going to be gone, he's going to be neutralized. But with Bosa, and if Kidlock can be solid, like we saw Eric Armstead on a fucking Super Bowl team, that guy kicked ass. Ninety, remember how good he was in nineteen? Ninety one mm-hmm. was everywhere, making plays, causing fumbles, just causing havoc. So. That move forward to Forrest Buckner, one, kind of added like six. A couple young guys, kept some guys. Like, now it's, th- those young guys can really, like, if Kinlaw can become, I- I'm not going to say a star, but a guy that you feel like, this guy's a really, really good player, and Ayuk just keeps progressing, and then that means Armstead's naturally going to be better with Bosa and Kinlaw, Bosa being back and Kinlaw being better. That move feels you feel much better about that transaction because right now the Colts, they're a winner in the transaction, right? They had one of the best defenses in the league. They were a playoff team, and he was their best player last year. Yeah, they got the guy. Yeah, and and the Niners, you know, I know you're not going to say Kinlaw needs to be a star, but he needs to be. You know, he doesn't need to be close to a star for them to be good, but for it to really work out for them, he's got to be kind of on that just anchor star track. Well, didn't you say, I remember last year we were talking about the Bucks. I guess it might have been this year, like how good Jason Light had drafted. Yeah. Never forget, they flip-flop picks. Right. They took Tristan Wirfs, and Tristan Wirfs was like a pro bowler. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, like, where would you have done, you know, I guess you traded for a couple days later for Trent Williams, but we do just do play that game. Like, sure. would you rather just have Trent, Tristan Wirfs? Well, like, you know, I, I mean, no, if Kinlaw's good, then you wouldn't rather have Tristan Wirfs than Kinlaw and Trent Williams. Right. And Kinlaw, as we saw when you and I went to practice and just uh, pictures that kind of gravitate throughout the internet, is an enormous human being. <laughs> He's the except, he is an exception to the exceptions of the human race. Yeah. Now, and, and DeForest was an, also was. an enormous human being, and Armstead is also an enormous human being. So they just need their enormous human beings. And luckily, one of them, Trent Williams, who is an enormous human being, is elite. Yeah. They just need their enormous human beings to be good. They just need their enormous human beings to come up big. Now, over to you, John. Uh, okay, so we've got some categories we want to go through here. The biggest changes in the division that will affect this race, the biggest wild cards in this division, not wild card teams, but wild card situations, things that could swing the race, um, the biggest question marks, and who should win the division. So let's start. Biggest changes in the division. What do you think the biggest change in the division is? Should we even say after math- Matthew Stafford, or is there something that you would even consider to be on par with Stafford? Yeah, I think the thing that's unique about football is coaching changes. And, you know, I would say in in baseball, probably not even much, but in basketball, like the head coach. In football, coordinators moving is a really big deal, right? In college and in the pros. And we had three coordinator moves. I would put Robert Sala, I mean, guy, he'd been there four years. Like, to me, why I would not put Brandon Staley, despite them having the top defense, he was only there one season. If he had been there the whole time with McVay, he'd be like, God, they had just developed this thing. Like, how's he going to replace him? Also he not found, being replaced by a first-time coordinator. He's being replaced by a former NFL head coach. Who Sean's very close with. Yeah. I would imagine he feels it's going to be a very smooth transition. Kept defensive staff there. Again, I'm not trying to diminish Brandon Staley. What he did last year was really good. And I, I hope for our own entertainment, he's good with the Chargers. But Kyle has had zero turnover. And Robert Sala like I had mentioned a little earlier, took one of his minions with him to run his offense. So it was a kind of a double whammy. You lose LaFleur and you lose your defensive coordinator. So it's just like, for example, Pete 
hired Shane Waldron from the Ram staff. So you're like, oh, he's going to be run this offense, which they all, all the Shanahan minions run. Well, but I just, I know Russell Wilson's going to be good. The offense, like, it, it, their offense going to be fine. That's not the issue. The defense, like Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans, like, that's, to me, I'd put that right there with Matt Stafford. Because, again, like, I, I, the, the, the floor for Matt Stafford is still pretty high. Like, the, D'Amico, you just never know with coaches, right? With coordinators. Yeah. I, Shit can change. I, I do think the Waldron thing, I, I don't, you know, I, you're right. It's, pro- it's probably not as big, but, you know, it, it, and it's been a function of the fact that the Seahawks have just been in big games. So their, their coordinators have been, um, you know, in spots to be criticized. But it's never felt like they've they get shit on, quite, they get shit on a lot. Yeah, Daryl Bevel won a <laughs> ton of games, right? Yeah, Brian Schottenheimer won a lot of games, but it's never felt like it's all big. They get, they get at least from the outside. Twitter. It's not that Pete even complains. You know, it's, no. it's not like there's been beef with Pete that everyone knows about. But those guys are just—it's a hot spotlight. And so, yeah, on one is. hand, it's a hot spotlight for Shane Waldron. On the other hand. You know, do we look back and go, Russ was incredible. Does this guy lead Russ to his M- help lead Russ to his MVP season? I mean, we saw what happened. Aaron Rodgers was an all-time great quarterback before Matt LaFleur showed up. Once he bought into LaFleur, he found another gear. So I do think that's that's not nothing. Um, that's not nothing. He's got I, the best of the guys we've listed, D'Amico, Raheem, and Waldron, if he wins the MVP, Russell, just because those two guys are defensive. He has he could be a one and done, right? The, runs the scheme yeah. that every yeah, owner wants. Yeah, like it's absolutely it could happen fast. Absolutely. If Staley could be a one and done, if a lot of guys could be a one and done, then he can be a one and done. And it's also it emphasizes seeing seeing all these coaches turn over in the division shines a light also on how important it is. You know uh, how beneficial it is, I should say, to have your head coach be a coordinator, particularly an offensive coordinator, because these guys these guys move quickly. Um, all of that said. I've seen Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I've seen a really good coach. Uh, I think he's going to prove to be great over time. But I've seen him without star quarterbacks. We've seen McVay without star quarterbacks. We've seen um, a lot of really good coaches without a star quarterback. And so uh, uh, not win. And I got to go Stafford because I think Stafford's ceiling, what Stafford does for McVay's ceiling potentially is I think more than any of these other guys can do for you know, it's more than Raheem Morris does for that defense. It's more than D'Amico does for that defense. It's even more than I think Shane Waldron does for Ross. I, it's, I, it's incredible what McVay did offensively last year. But, I mean, for me, I, I'll say this. The other big change, it's not just adding Stafford. It's subtracting Goff. Like, from yeah. the Niners standpoint, Stafford getting added is one thing. Subtract, like, if you'd put Stafford on the Cardinals – that would be better for them because you still had they, they were so they were unbeatable. I mean, they not unbeatable, but they were they had golf. They had golf yeah. figured out. Not a problem. So it's not just that you add Stafford, it's that you subtract golf. That's that's massive. But you're right. I mean, I, I I do think and you and I have talked about this a lot. If it was if it was a vote, the Seattle, the Niners and Cardinals all would have voted for golf to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was like the SEC voting on they could come or not, they'd be like, "We vote for Jared Goff to stay and Matt Stafford to stay in Detroit." That's right. Send him to the, send him to the ACC. Yeah. Um we we do I'm talk about it that so it's not underplayed, but you're right. And I mean, any chance we do get to talk about D'Amico Ryan's 
it, we should talk about it because it's it's a big deal. And, and the Niners think they have a star, but he's replacing a guy that just became a head coach and was clearly a star and a really good leader. And you know, and if D'Amico is good, D'Amico Ryan's a former NFL player, pretty young. We've talked about it. He could be, um, he could and a Kyle, team a team captain type when Kyle he's a player. could have to replace him really quickly too, right? If it all goes yeah. well, so. All right, the next category we had was what are the biggest wild cards in this division? Not wild card teams, but things that could swing this division that we don't quite know what to make of at this point. Where would you start there? Well, I got to start with it. I mean, the 49ers drafted the number three overall quarterback. And like you said with Jimmy, you know, one, he was questionable last year, but two, he disappears a lot. So at any moment, this kid can play. And no one has any clue what to make of him. We saw him in practice. He looks sweet. His arm's sweet. But you have no clue. And just like the Packers right now with Jordan Love, any young, even I guess some of the young guys last year, you saw them against real, you know, even Tua, you saw him against in games. Until you play a game, I don't know what you're going to do when J.J. Watt hits you in the sternum and drives you into the ground. When you throw a pick six to... uh to Bobby Wagner on just you on the dumbest pass you've ever made. When you just do when you don't know the play call and you're overwhelmed, it's just human nature. It's probably happened to Marino, to Russell Wilson, to Rodgers. Happens to every young guy. You get into a situation, how do you bounce back, right? The next play in golf, the next shot. Like you just do not know until you get in the firing line. And to me, he's just he has to be the biggest wild card because the likelihood that Jimmy plays 17 games, you'd say based on history, would be zero. Uh, and the chances that any guy, when they get drafted number three overall, there's an enormous amount of pressure. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on this team. They're just trying to win. And we just have no clue. Like, honestly, you could he could be awesome. He, it could struggle. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of the fascinating stories in, like, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. We know those two guys are going to play. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, we know those guys are going to play at some point. Like, Trey Lance, I truly don't know. Like, if they're playing well and Jimmy's doing well, like, yeah, he might just get a snap here, snap there, but, like, Jimmy will start. Right. Well, it's a double It's a double question because it's how good is Garoppolo and is Garoppolo healthy? And then if it's Trey Lance or at some point it's Trey Lance, what does he look like? I, I almost think as we're going through this, like, we were going to do the, our biggest wild cards and our biggest question marks. They're kind of They can be kind of the same thing here. Because that's that's a that's a massive one. I'll stick with the 49ers on this. Are they healthy? Like, just are they are the Niners healthy? Because if they're healthy, they're good enough to win the division. But you know, as much as health is luck, sometimes it's it's they, as I mentioned earlier, some of their unhealthy players last year are players who have been unhealthy. So you know, and and it's and it's it's been a story with the Niners for several years now. Really, they are unhealthy. That's a massive part of this division. It's a massive part of the of everything. Are the 49ers a healthy football team this year? That's just a complete wild. It's not even a question. It's just that is that could swing the whole thing. Yeah. Something that happened last year that shit got weird in Seattle. Whether Russell asked for things. Uh, clearly, there were reports that he went to Pete about stuff that he felt they did not give a shit what he thought. Uh, there were things that happened in that relationship that I think you can just kind of move past, but you never forget, right? And, and I think it happens in, with people that date, right? You just say something, and while things can go on, we're married, but you never, there was a seminal moment where it was like, you never forget that that happened. And it felt like Russell had specifically asked them for things, and they tried to capitulate, 
what if it doesn't work? You know, what if for whatever reason the off Russell's not comfortable? What if they go the other way and he doesn't play well? They're not going to get rid of Russell Wilson. Like I said, Pete Carroll's going to be seventy years old. Could Russell get to the point where he has so much juice in the franchise, which he's earned? Could he like force Pete out? Like, let's just say they went like eight nine this year, and it just did not go well. Could Russell pull a power play and like instead of trading you, let's just fire Pete and get Russell, who you want to be the head coach, and Schneider just does that. He's seventy years old. I, I know, know he, but it doesn't. Feel, he does not feel that way. No, you, but. It, that's always on the table. I will say, feels like Schneider. Well, who knows? Yeah, maybe. I was gonna say, it feels like Schneider and Peter on the same page as it relates to Russell, but. You know, it's about job security. Yeah, that's just something to monitor. Just because of what happened and the detail in some of those reports were like, they moved past it, but there were specific things that like Russell, that Pete, and I don't blame Pete, was just like, Russell, I'm not fucking breaking down our free agency. Like, this is not the way it works. And in fairness to Pete, at his age, even though he's a progressive guy, I don't even blame him, but it's just... You can have two high-level people. You and I have been part of things where we just viewed like, we're not dealing with a person, whether it's ego or whatever. I mean, we don't. We just viewed the guy as an idiot. We're like, this guy's not on our level. We're not even going to give in. There are countless situations, especially in sports, where it's just two high-level people, and they get to a point where they're not seeing eye-to-eye, and neither one of them are giving in. The, the player in his 30s, 100% ain't budging, and the old grizzled vet with pelts on the wall, he ain't budging either. And it's just like not possible to work together. Yeah. Now they're they're at a good place right now because everyone's happy. It's late July. What happens though, guy, if they went eight and nine and had like their worst season? Which just maybe Jamal Adams got hurt, DK rolls an ankle, and then all of it's, a sudden you're like, God, this team's not that deep. It's hard it, it though. It seems inconceivable. You, well, but I was gonna say if you play out that scenario, if you go eight and nine, does Russ have less leverage? Because did he not play as well that year? Yeah, but he's such a great what are you gonna do? Get rid of him? I like know, he's but would they? I don't know. Which, Just something to keep an eye on. Would Schneider get rid of him? The owner's gone, right? He yeah. passed away, so the sisters run. I, you, I just my, my point is things could just get a little weird. Do you agree we can combine the wild card and the biggest questions? Is our yeah, discussion points here? Yeah. Because I think oh I think a lot of these are the same. Here's one for you. Uh, and I've got kind of two that go together. Who can cover in this division? Just let me read to you some of the names of the receivers in this division. DK Lockett. And then they add this guy, Eskridge, right? Fast, young, fast rookie. Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel. Cup, Woods, Deshaun. Then they add Tutu Atwell. Plus, they seem to like this guy, Van Jefferson, they drafted high. Yeah. Hopkins, Rondale Moore, the Purdue guy. They still got Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. And is A.J. Green any good? I don't know. Like, of those three rookies, Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, and Rondale Moore, you figure one of them's going to be kind of sweet, right? Like, what's the what's the average speed on those three guys? I, like I think four, it's four three, three. one. <laughs> four three one. Four three yeah. three, something like that. So you gotta I, I think you have to expect that one of those guys hits. And it's like, you think Dwayne Eskridge's gonna have a hard time? He's got Lockett and Metcalf. Like, I think there's gonna be some he'll be running free a little bit. All of them. Seattle Seattle has stupid speed because DK's hauls ass and Lockett's fast. Like that's that's pretty explosive. So which one of those guys? So maybe is it's going to be pretty hard for them to go eight and nine. Who's gonna? <laughs> but it's like this whole division is who, who's covering? Who's gonna cover? But isn't that kind of the NFL? Absolutely. A bit now? But these are this is not just based on scheme. It's like look at these people. And then on top of, of that, you have to account for the running ability of two of the quarterbacks at minimum, right? Kyler and Russ. And if Trey Lance plays, then him too. Yeah, like it's just, and then just, yeah, it's a nightmare. And it's all these nightmare. teams, 
well, really three of them, right? The Cards are not that team, want to run the ball. So, like, part of what opens up the passing game, well, when you're getting smashed down your throat with the zone running game, right? You're like, you got to bring a safety into the box, and then they hit you with the deep passing game. I, I like that. And to me, this we've touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Rams. But to me, I, I, I do think just in the league, I would say two guys, there's just going to be a huge microscope about their ability. Like, there's a huge microscope under Aaron Rodgers. Like, what's going to happen if he went to another team? But no one argues, like, is he a badass? Is he one of the greatest athletes in the history of America? Like, the answer is yes. To me, Carson Wentz and Matt Stafford, both of those two guys, somewhat similar. Obviously, Stafford's a lot older. But, like, are they good? Like, we know they're talented. And, and Wentz had such a shitty season. Stafford was, like, decent. Like, and has been, two years ago, was really good. Like, but is he a, re- is he a winning player? And I, I think that is going to be an... Uh, a true narrative that we're all talking about. And when we're watching him, like I'm going to be pretty dialed in on this guy. Like what's, do I feel confident? And you'll know by like mid season, like, do you feel confident when he gets the ball back in a tie game? Cause like Russell Rogers, Mahomes, Brady, you don't even flinch. Like they're fucking the bucks are winning this bad boy. Right. For the Rams. And even with Kyle, we've always thought like they'll figure it out. But like now Sean McVay has a talent. Is this guy going to throw? Cause my buddies with the bears always said like, his downfall is just he can play hero ball because he has the best arm in the league or one of them. So it's like, does he early on, and then you know how it snowballs, like throw a devastating pick six. And they're, instead of being five and one, they're like, you know, four and two, but then have a, you know, a couple tough games. And all of a sudden, like there's, you know, that can happen. And for a team that like their quote unquote fan base, I don't even know. I don't know any Rams fans. I actually have met one. We Marcus worked with the Warriors. Honestly, the only guy I've ever met. They're like, I'm a Rams fan. So it's like, but nationally they are covered like a powerhouse team. And you know, Collinsworth doing these games, Aikman doing these games. Everyone's going to be talking about them. Like they're covered nationally, probably infinitely more than they are locally because the Dodgers, the Lakers. It's it's gonna be. We're gonna talk a lot about Matt Stafford. Yeah, because we're gonna have takes on him. Well, because everyone's had Damn. takes, and it feels like we're about to get answers after years of yeah. questions. Yep. Okay. Do you want to do who who we think should win this division? I, I got one. Just one a more quick question. one. Yeah. I, I do think this guy. You know, he did. I think at one point in time, he might have led the league last year in pressures. I know he didn't. The sack numbers weren't there, but JJ Watt. A lot of people in the league still think he's solid. Like, if you put him next to Chandler Jones and those other guys, we know Buda Baker just makes a million tackles and crushes people. And if Isaiah Simmons is okay in the middle linebacker, like, could they have, like, a dominant front? If you have a dominant front, your defense just is better, right? If you're just, like, sacking the quarterback 30 times. Can they play with that? Guys. Could, like, can Cliff take advantage of that? That's what I don't know. Will they just run the football and... Like, are you expecting a J.J. Watt? Just like, he's good. Or like, oh, it's just a swan song. No, I'm expecting, to be, I'm expecting him to be a good player. Overpaid, but good. Yeah. Now, Chandler Jones, if he never shows up, it could He'll change. He'll play. I, you know, yeah. Chandler Jones will end up on the field. Somewhere I'd somewhere. give him a couple million bucks, make him happy. Okay, should we do who, who, we, who should win the division? Now, this is different than a prediction. I, to me, I'm looking at this like, which team has the right to feel the most like they're the ones that should win the division. That's how I'm viewing this. Yeah. Do you want to do it on the count of three, three, two, one? Count it down? Yes. Three, two, one. Seattle. Rams. Oh, okay. I look at it this way. 
Russell Wilson, the best quarterback in the division, is in his prime. Uh, Shane Waldron, I think we've seen that type of offense. You can acclimate really quickly if you're willing to, and it can make the most of a player. I think they have the best receiver. If you if we did a receiver draft in this division, DK Metcalf would go one. Tyler Lockett is a stud. Uh, Bobby Wagner, yes, there are some holes. Maybe they've made their offensive line a little better. Bobby Wagner, um, Jamal Adams, two of the best defensive players in the NFL, regardless of salary. So bet great home field. I think they should feel most like they're the ones that should win the division. Well, the Rams last year beat Seattle in the playoff game in yep. Seattle. Now, granted, it was empty stadium. But so they, they do not view the, the Seattle as like, if anything, they're an equal. Beat them right? with a they quarterback that's not even on their roster. Yeah, so they view their, they can beat Seattle. The Niners, who have been kicking their ass, well, they're like, well, we just upgraded quarterback. You've been kicking Goff's ass, so we feel we'll start splitting with you probably. Right. Uh, the cards were just better than the cards. They have consistently now playoffs three of the last four years. They've won playoff games two of the last three years. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl three years ago. But you add Matt Stafford. Defensively, they have the best defensive player in the world in Aaron Donald. The defensive coordinator changes, but you get a guy that Sean McVay is very comfortable with. I just think internally, I think what's why universally it feels like they're kind of being picked, which is kind of crazy. Like, your pick Seattle... It, Honestly, they're not getting as much respect as they should. I think the gap's really, really small. Uh, but Seattle is just like, how long do you just get like 15 years? Like, it's just, there's, what, Russell never missed a game. Like, what if he does eventually get hurt? I, there's just so many variables. Seattle has just had the slim margin that they've always made up they for. They play on the Russell's edge. Greatness. They play on the edge. And I think the Rams are more likely to get a little bit away from the edge, which. This is where a team we haven't mentioned yet. I think the Niners can also join them. I just couldn't pick them. <laughs> like they might, the Niners could win the division, and I'll just be a little shocked. One of the reasons but I, I won't I, be that surprised. One of the reasons I said Seattle is because I do think the Niners will be good again, and I think the Niners have a harder time with Seattle than they do with the Rams. You agree, though? I mean, two years ago, or I guess the year Jimmy tore his ACL. Remember, they played. They opened up in Minnesota. They got their ass kicked. Then they played Detroit at home. And they almost lost to that game, and Stafford was good against. Like Stafford oh, yeah. is just, it's a different animal. It is. It is. No, th- that's why this division is because the 49ers, You, to me, the if you said who do you who do you think is going to win the division, I think you could put the 49ers on. It's hard to put them on equal footing just because Jimmy's such a question mark. But they have so many other things going for them. You can legitimately pick three different teams. I think to win this division. I I don't think you pick Arizona, um, but. I mean, that's what makes this division great, but I just, uh, I think everybody's I, I, flawed. Like, I, to me, in some ways, Seattle, they have holes, but they just have, at least I, I know what their quarterback is. I think I know that Matthew Stafford, I think I know a full season of Jimmy. I, actually, I know a full season of Jimmy. Kyle can make that work, and Kyle can win the division with a full season of Jimmy, even though he's not the best quarterback in the division. I, I fully expect for this division to have three playoff teams. I mean, they really should have last year. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for just an all-time But you think epic. it'll be the Niners and not the Cardinals, right? Yes. Yeah, same. same. But I do think, like, it, we could be in middle of November and the Cardinals can be right there. You know, I don't... It's, well, they've shown they can what play with this, the other teams in this division. That's just what makes this division so... I, the, the, clearly the best on paper is, like, I, they just do not... Unless some devastating injury happens to a quarterback, and it did last year to the Niners, and they still won six games. Like, the, the floor on these teams are so high. It's why the games, 
their Sunday night games, it feels like you can mix and match any of these four teams, like Seattle, Arizona, Rams, Niners, and it's just always just a sweet game, right? Yeah. They have been good the last couple of years, these teams in primetime games against each other. Week four, John, week four, you get Rams, Cardinals, and Niners, Seahawks this, this year. It'll be a big week. Yeah, and I think the one thing with 17 games, and I guess it's been this way a little bit with 16 games too. It's like you're just adding a game. But you know how the baseball season, like you look, you're like, oh, they're three games. But it's so long. Like even if you're four games out, like in July 25th, you, you by no means the division's over. I think there are going to be several swings mm-hmm. in this division where you're like, damn, Seattle's going to win it. Damn, are the Cardinals in first place? Because they're five and three. You know, it's just it's going to ebb and flow pretty well. I, I'm with you. I think it's going to feel longer than 16 games. Obviously, it's one week longer. It's going to feel a lot longer. And part of it is, yeah. when I go, that's why I kept reading their schedules early because their schedules early are, if somebody comes out of the early part of their schedule like 4-1, and 5-0 and oh even, it's going to feel significant, but there's still going to be a long way to go. You got to beat, and this is true any year, but in a year where these teams are so good, you cannot lose to shitty teams. You know, you can't be that 12-point favorite in random weeks. Like, that. that is going to differentiate to yeah. me who wins and loses. Because all these teams, 4-2 and two might be the best, and all these other teams might go 3-3 three and three or something like that. But, like, whoever in, like, you know, week 14 is a 14-point favorite against the Jags, and you just fucking blow. And it happens every year. And sometimes, remember the Niners? It ended up not costing them that loss mm-hmm. in 2019 mm-hmm. to the Falcons. It easily could have, though. Well, that's this. It, they got, it easily could have. That, this season, it will. To me, what you just described is the NFC West. That the second you feel like you're, you've got a two-game advantage, all of a sudden you're playing for your life. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, we're on the verge of being a wildcard team? I thought we just had control of the division. It happens fast. Happens fast. Would you be shell-shocked if one of these teams was like a 14-3, and three, you know, just no. a powerhouse? You, you, I've seen them all see, be I that. kind of... Ex- I expect them all to be like in the 11, 12, 10. But how could I be shocked if one of them, I've seen all three of those teams be that already recently. Niners, Seahawks, Rams have all been that team. Shocked is the wrong wrong piece of, uh, wrong verbiage. Uh, Do you expect something like that to happen this year with one of these four teams? Um, I don't, because I still have questions about all of them. Like, that's what's crazy. It's the best division, I think, in football, but I go, okay, are we going to, there's just some questions, which is part of what makes this fun. It's like, are this- that's why I guess my point was I expect like the the fourth place team could be eight, the first place team could be twelve, and they're all yeah. you know one team wins ten, one team wins eleven, one team wins twelve, the other one goes eight and nine. Yep, that's what I mean. It'd be, it would be, and they're like, that's the best eight and nine team we've ever I seen. Know. Every <laughs> I mean, it's if we get that, it's going to be a hell of a year in the NFC West. All right. That's the and that's the final word on the <laughs> NFC West. <laughs> we now turn our attention to next pod. <laughs> Adios. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.